0: Hi guys, this is Abby with the Smooth Kitty. Let's get into it. Okay, this is part 2 of diseases and disorders of the skin. Um the last part of part 1 that we went over was hypopigmentation. Today, or yeah, starting now, we're going to start with the different types of dermatitises. Okay. Um, I do highly recommend estheticians and our clients to um, know medical terminology just because when you're trying to decipher what kind of dermatitis it is or just like the understanding of the root word, you are more likely to understand what you have on your face. Does that make sense? Because like dermatitis, derma would be skin. Iodis would be inflammation, so it's inflammation of the skin. And then uh, perioral dermatitis is around the mouth, inflammation of the skin. So, once again, medical terminology I would say is very important, especially for beginning estheticians. Um, that really helped me on my. Uh, what is it called? Like test for the diseases and disorders. So again, I highly recommend you don't have to obviously if you don't want to, but again, it helps your client better understand what they have and for you as a professional. Okay. So uh, by definition, dermatitis is a generalized term to refer to an inflammatory condition of the skin. Various forms include lesions such as eczema vesicles or papules dermatitis has many forms and symptoms of one form can be confused with symptoms of another form okay a referral to a medical professional is recommended for appropriate diagnosis okay so uh, one of the one oh my gosh i am so i've been recording for so long but i love it you guys i love teaching so i'm so happy to do it so one of the dermatitis that we're going to be talking about is contact dermatitis Occupational disorders from ingredients in cosmetics and chemical solutions can cause contact dermatitis or dermatitis venen- venenata. I totally purchased that again. It's fine, it's good. Contact with allergens and caustic chemicals can cause skin sensitivity or disorders. Allergies and skin eruptions are common. Wearing gloves are protective or for irritating substances can help prevent contact dermatitis. Another one, we have allergic contact dermatitis. Allergic contact dermatitis is caused by exposure to indirect skin contact with an allergen. Normally, the immune system protects us from pathogens and disease, but with an allergic reaction, the immune system causes the problem by trying to do its job too well. An allergic reaction occurs when our immune system mistakes a benign substance for a toxic one and initiates a major defense against it. Initial exposure to an allergen does not always cause an allergic reaction. The development of hypersensitivity is a result of repeated exposure to an allergen over time. This process is called sensitization. Sensitiza- oh my gosh, sensitization. I, oh my gosh, I still butchered it, even though I slowed it down. It's fine. And it may take months or years, depending on the allergen and the intensity of the exposure. Also remember that different people develop allergies to different allergens. Individual predisposition to allergies may be inherited. Sensitivity seems to run in families. So it's hereditary. Contact dermatitis and red itchy skin can be caused by an allergic reaction or contact with an irritant such as these common allergens, makeup, skincare products, detergents, dyes, fabrics, jewelry, plants, red dyes and products and nickel and jewelry. Then we have atopic dermatitis. Atopic dermatitis is a chronic relapsing form of dermatitis. Irritants and allergens trigger reactions that include dry, cracked skin. The redness, itching, and dehydration of the dermatitis make the condition much, much worse. Use of humidity and lotion can help keep the skin more hydrated, but topical corticosteroids can relieve the symptoms. Then eczema is an inflammatory, painful, itching disease of the skin. It is acute or chronic in nature and has dry or most moist lesions. A client with eczema should be referred to a physician, avoid contact in skincare treatments if a client has eczema. Then we have irritant contact dermatitis. So, everyone who comes in contact with an irritant is affected by irritant reactions, although the degree of irritation will be very will vary depending on the individual. In acute cases, Symptoms are noticeably immediately or within just a few hours. Chronic cases may be delayed reactions that take weeks, months, or years to develop. Symptoms range from redness, swelling, scaling, and itching to serious painful chemical burns. Irritating substances temporarily damage the epidermis. Caustic substances are examples of irritants. When the skin is damaged by irritating substances, the immune system springs into action. It floods the tissue with water, trying to dilute the irritant. Therefore, swelling occurs. The immune system also releases histamines, which enlarge the vessels around the injury. Blood can then rush to the area more quickly and help remove the irritating substance. The extra blood under the skin is easily visible. The entire area becomes red and warm, and it may throb. Histamines cause the itchy feeling that often accompanies contact dermatitis and everything calms down. The swelling will go away. The surrounding skin is often left damaged, scaly, cracked, and dry. Fortunately, irritations are not permanent and if you avoid repeated and or prolonged contact with the irritating substance, the skin will usually quickly repair itself. However, continued or repeated exposure may lead to chronic allergic reactions and skin damage. You may notice irritant contact dermatitis when a teen client comes in for acne consultation. You may note a breakout on the client's chin and learn they play football. You must rule out the possibility of irritant contact dermatitis from the football helmet chin strap before beginning a treatment plan for the acne. Just an example. Again, and then um, we have perioral dermatitis, which is, again, it's an acne-like condition around the mouth, consisting mainly of small clusters of papules. It may be caused by toothpaste or products to use it on the face. It is not contagious. Antibiotics can help treat the condition. Seborrheic dermatitis is a form of eczema characterized by inflammation, dry or oily, scaling or crusting, and or itchiness. The red, flaky skin often appears in the eyebrows, on the scalp, and along the hairline in the middle of the forehead and along the sides of the nose. Once cause is inflammation of the sebaceous glands, this condition sometimes is treated with cortisone cream. Severe cases should be referred to a dermatologist. Then we have stasis dermatitis. Caused by poor circulation in the lower legs that can create a chronic inflammatory state. The legs may sometimes have ulcerations, ulcerations, along with scaly skin, itching, and hyperpigmentation. The hyperpigmentation is caused by hemosiderin staining, a brown-reddish discoloration due to the iron deposits and the blood leaking into the tissues. A client with this type of skin disorder needs a cardiovascular referral. Even when the circulatory issues are resolved, the hemosiderin staining can remain. Advanced aesthetic treatments with IPL can help improve the appearance. Poison ivy is a common allergen. Although approximately 75% of the population is allergic to poison ivy, the re- remaining 25% will never have a reaction no matter how many times they are exposed. Individuals hoard, not predisposed never become sensitized and will not develop an allergic reaction. Then we have different types of hypertrophies. Hypertrophy is defined as an abnormal growth, may be benign or harmless. However, some growths are pre-malignant or malignant and can be dangerous or cancerous. The term hypertrophy is used to describe thickening of a tissue. The opposite of hypertrophy is atrophy, which means wasting away or thinning. Keloids are an example of hypertrophy. Types of hypertrophies include the following hyperkeratosis which is thickening of the skin caused by a mass of keratinocytes keratoma an acquired thickened patch of epidermis a callus caused by pressure or friction is a keratoma if the thickening also grows inward it becomes a corn keratosis is abnormally thick buildup of skin cells keratosis also uh ker- sorry kp keratosis pilaris or chicken skin redness, and bumpiness in the cheeks, upper arms, or thighs caused by blocked follicles. It has the appearance of chicken skin. It is not well understood, but often genetic and disappears after the age of 30. Many young women feel self-conscious about this condition and will seek an esthetician's help, topical chemical exfoliants that help keep the follicles free of keratin, like AHAs or BHAs products along with light mechanical exfoliation can help unblock follicles and alleviate the rough feeling care must be taken to prevent too aggressive an approach and disturb the acid mantle balance causing dermatitis or infection a mole a pigmented nevus a brownish spot ranging in color from tan to bluish black some are flat resembling freckles others are raised and darker most are benign, but changes in mole color or shape should be checked by a physician. Hairs and moles are common. The hair may be tweezed from a mole if the client desires. The belief that hair and moles should not be removed in an old wives' tails. Just so you know, fun fact. Moles should be observed for changes with the American Cancer Society's ABCDs of melanoma check psoriasis is an itchy skin disease characterized by red patches covered with white silver scales caused by an overproliferation of skin cells that replicate too fast psoriasis is usually found in patches on the scalp elbows knees chest and lower back if patches are irritated bleeding can occur psoriasis is not contagious but can be spread by irritating the affected area It is thought to be an autoimmune disorder and clients experience flare-ups that can be controlled with oral and topical medications. Light therapy is also thought to be helpful. Clients with psoriasis are often also diagnosed with cardiovascular disease. And then we have skin tags. They are small outgrowth or extension of the skin that looks like a flap. They are benign and are common under the arms or the neck or breast area caused by friction. Side note. You should never soft wax over these. I actually had a little incident when this happened and it literally took the skin tag right off. Luckily, I didn't hurt the client, but still something that you should understand. (laughs) Stupid thing of me to do, but you know, sometimes you just got to make mistakes. Okay. We're going to be talking about nine contagious skin and nail diseases. The term contagious disease is used interchangeably with the term infectious or communicable disease do not perform services on anyone with a contagious disease because it can spread and infect others. Refer them to a medical professional. The following are contagious diseases. Conjunctivitis, also known as pink eye, inflammation of the mucous membrane around the eye due to chemical, bacterial, or viral causes. Very contagious. It can be treated with antibiotics. Antibiotics. HSV-1, also known as herpes, simplex virus 1, fever, blisters, or cold sores, recurring viral infection, a vesicle or group of vesicles on a red swollen base. The blisters usually appear on the lip or nostrils. Herpes simplex virus 1 causes cold sores and lesions around the mouth. It is a contagious disease treated with antiviral medication to shorten the outbreak. I do, I never, never treat these people. I always, like, say it in a nice way, but, like, um, this is just something that I have come into contact with, and they are more than understanding when I do a consultation about the HSV one. Then we have HSV2, herpes simplex virus 2. This is genital herpes. Never work on clients with active herpes lesions, peels, waxing, or other stimuli may cause a breakout, even if the condition is not currently active. The virus can be spread to other areas on the person that is infected or to other people. This is an example of why reviewing the client intake form is so important. Then we have herpes zoster, also known as shingles, a painful skin condition due to reactivation of the chickenpox virus, um, also known as... The varicella zoster virus, VZV. Shingles is a viral infection of the sensory nerves characterized by groups of red blisters that form a rash that occurs in a ring or line. The rash is typically confined to one side of the body. VZV can cause nerve and organ damage along with severe pain that can last for months or years. Treatment includes antiviral drugs to shorten the length of the outbreak. And then we have impedigo, a bacterial infection of the skin that often occurs in children, characterized by clusters of small blisters or crusty lesions filled with bacteria. It is extremely contagious. Oral and topical antibiotics are used in treatment. An untrained eye may misinterpret impedigo and assume herpes, acne, or dermatitis. Professional medical intervention is the best and correct course of action for your client. Sorry, that was my dog. Excuse him. Then we have onychomycosis, fungal infection that produces symptoms of thick, brittle, discolored nails. The fungus lives off the keratin in the nails. Onychomycosis can be challenging to eradicate because fungus likes to grow in dark, moist places and shoes can be the perfect environment. Clients with onychomycosis can feel embarrassed about the appearance of the nails and discouraged during a course of treatment because of slow nail growth. Estheticians could encounter this when doing body wraps or during hand and foot massages with facial. If onychomycosis is discovered, the facial service must be continued, or sorry, can be continued, but the esthetician should not continue with the hand and foot massage. And then we have tinea fungal infections. Fungi feed on proteins, carbohydrates and lipids in the skin. Tinea pedis, athlete's foot, is a fungal infection that pe- can, can that can be treated with antifungal topical powders, sprays or creams. Estheticians could encounter this type of infection when doing body wraps or during hand and foot massages with a facial If you are reviewing a client intake form and see the word tinea, you should know that the client has a fungus and you should determine the location prior to treatment. Tinea corporis, also known as ringworm, caused by a fungus, is not a worm. It looks like a skin irritation that spreads into a circular infection that is red and scaly. It can be dry or moist. It can be a spread of infection by direct contact as well as indirect contact with items that have been touched with the skin of the infected person. Pets can carry this also. It is important to use a fungicide to disinfect items that have come into contact with the client who has the infection, including clothing, blankets, and towels. It can be treated with either oral or topical antifungals. And lastly, we have the verruca, also known as the wart a hypertrophy of the papillae and epidermis caused by a virus. They are not cancerous, but they are contagious. Verrucas are typically flesh-colored, but can be brown or black. They can appear singly or in clusters. Verrucas are not well understood. They can spontaneously disappear, but there are several treatment options, including cryotherapy, electric therapy, surgical excision, and chemical exfoliation. Chemical exfoliation involves the application of a strong salicylic acid at home that peels the wart off in layers. When treating a client with warts, it is imperative that you wear gloves to avoid spreading the virus to other locations on the client's body or inadvertently to another client. I actually had a wart once in my life and I just picked it off and it just fell off. So that was really super sweet. Okay. And then we're going to talk a little about two mental health disorders that may manifest as skin conditions, okay? One being dermatillomania. It is a form of obsessive-compulsive disorder in which the person picks at their skin to the point of injury, infection, or scarring. A person with dermatillomania finds the picking stress relieving and not painful. It can often be socially isolating because severe dermatillomania can be disfiguring. Uninformed people may assume the person has a methamphetamine addiction. Treatment includes cognitive behavior therapy, hypnosis, and medication. And then we have body dysmorphic disorder. It is a psychological disorder in which the client has a preoccupation with their appearance. They do not have a realistic picture of what they look like. They tend to fixate on minor appearance imperfections and, and see them as disfiguring. They believe others are viewing them negatively because of their physical appearance. They may check the mirror frequently and need an abnormal amount of reassurance that their appearance is acceptable. They may be spa hoppers or have a history of many cosmetic surgeries or treatments to fix their perceived flaws. They are dissatisfied with the outcome after treatments. This client will be challenging to manage and will require medical intervention with cognitive behavioral therapy and medication. Okay, and next we're going to go on to common... Skin condition related to skin diseases and disorders. Okay, we're gonna, there's a few in here that I do want to go over, but mainly I do want to add that the skin conditions like furuncle, carbuncle, edema, urethema, folliculitis, pseudofolliculitis, pruritis, and steatomas. They often have symptoms of more than one skin disease or skin disorder. Several of them look very similar to another. If you encounter these conditions, you will need to make an assessment and judgment about treatments. Maybe a condition is the result of an infection or is it the appropriate clinical endpoint of an effective treatment? We don't know. Having confidence in identifying these conditions will give you confidence when determining a treatment plan and also give your client confidence in your skills. Okay. Um, we are going to go over five sudoriferous gland disorders. Pseudoriferous is sweat glands. Okay. So the first one is anhydrosis. It is a deficiency in perspiration due to failure of the sweat glands, often results from a fever or skin disease. Anhidrosis requires medical treatment. Bromhidrosis is foul-smelling perspiration, usually in the armpits or on the feet. Bromhidrosis is caused by bacteria and yeast that break down the sweat on the surface of the skin. Hyperhidrosis is chronic excessive perspiration caused by heat, genetic stress, or medication. An FDA-approved treatment for hyperhidrosis includes the use of microwave technology to destroy the underarm pseudoriferous glands. One treatment is usually up to 80% effective. Neuromodulators like Botox Cosmetic are also used to inhibit the sudoriferous gland production. Diaphoresis is an excessive perspiration due to an underlying medical condition. Menopause is an example. And then we have malaria rubra. It is also known as prickly heat, acute inflammatory disorder of the sweat glands, Results in the eruption of red vesicles and burning itching skin with, from excessive heat exposure. Recognizing a potentially contagious skin disorder can stop the spread of infection. You can formulate a more specific treatment plan and use the appropriate products when you can identify common skin disorders, such as rosacea and acne. Understanding that some skin disorders are contraindications for treatments will help you avoid a negative outcome and then a negative review too. The medical field is progressing and the treatment of skin disorders and diseases is becoming easier with advances in technology, ingredients, and medications. Although there are hundreds of disorders and diseases, the majority of the ones you may commonly encounter are discussed literally just now, along with some that are unique. (laughs) Sorry, I just had a brain fart right there. Knowledge of skin problems takes years of experience and study, but reference books and credible medical websites are helpful in identifying these disorders and diseases. I honestly have not seen all of them, but again, I would definitely, when you are done with boards and everything, still come to understand them just because there are so many diseases and disorders that it's hard to just identify which one is which. Okay, so again, medical terminology is something that I do recommend learning, especially for diseases and disorders, just because, again, you are more than able to figure out what dermatitis it is or just the root word in general. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast and go follow me on Instagram at the underscore smooth kitty to gain more education about skin, skincare, and content on waxing. If you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out. See you next time.